as our young ones go, if anyone's through up to third grade, can go back to children's church. The rest of you, I'm sorry, you've got to stick it out. Bad news, you've got to be here. I see. Tommy, you can't sneak off to children's church, brother, I'm telling you. I've I got to give you heart. He always tries to get away with that, I'll tell you what. Man, I'm glad you're here, hope you've had a good week. Um, hope the Lord's done good things in your life. Now, I don't know if any of you remember this for you, but I do for me. Do you remember the first paycheck you ever received in your working life? I do. I mean, I know. I vividly remember this. The first time I got a paycheck. I'm not talking about $20 for my grandpa for mowing the lawn. I'm talking money that I had a real job and I got paid. This was, I was 16 years old. I got a job at Leonard's Golf Links on the west side of Fort Worth. I ended up working there two years. And I got hired for $5 an hour. I mean, I was so excited. And after my first two weeks of working there for minimum wage, that I got my check for $139. Man, I was on top of the world with my $139. I mean, this was great. I mean, I knew it wasn't some awesome sum of money, but I mean, I had earned it. I mean, I had worked for, this is my first real job, you know, that I'd ever had. And so getting that paycheck with my name on it was great. I remember getting that paycheck that day, and I got in my 1989 baby blue Chevrolet Corsica, which was a piece of junk, by the way. I mean, this, the wheels were out of line. You go down the highway, it's shaking like this. And if you want to keep up with the traffic, you had to open the door and kind of, you know, keep up with it. I mean, this is junk. But I, mean, I'm, I had my check, and you could have, I, I mean, I thought I was driving a Corvette. I mean, life was awesome. I'm thinking, this is just the beginning. Oh, man. I'm going to earn money. I'm going to buy what I want. And I, I mean, I was so excited. I don't know if you felt that way the first time you ever earned a paycheck. That feeling kind of wears off, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, friends, because I mean, it wasn't too much longer. I don't know, maybe a couple months went by when I learned that all the other employees at the place that were doing my same job, they had got hired on for $5.10 an hour. And I was only making $5 an hour because I was dumb enough on my application to say I'd work for a minimum wage, so they didn't give me that extra 10 cents. And I suddenly, I was not satisfied with my $139 check. I was like, oh, this isn't enough. Well, you know, I, I worked hard, and I probably grabbed and complained a little bit. I don't know, at some point I got that 10 cents raise, my first raise. Oh, I was so excited. That feeling wore off, too, pretty quick, <laughs> you know. I mean, isn't it true that, you know, you, you get money and you think, I'll be happy when I get this amount. And then you get there and after a while you realize it's not good enough, right? You want more. I remember the first job that I got that I, my salary was going to be $10,000 for the year. I mean, for some, that was in my head of thinking. I thought before, if I could make $10,000 in a year, I mean, I'm still young, it's in college. So if I did 10000 I mean, wow, unbelievable. Man, if I was doing that today, I'd be in trouble, right? Right? You get there, and you're like, oh, wait a second. What if I got 20 you know? And what if, you get to a certain part with that money, and you're like, it isn't good enough. Now, I wish I could tell you back in all those years that when I got that paycheck, when I got that raise, when I got that slightly better job, when I started making more and more, that I was thinking about that my heart was in the place of what does God want me to do with this 
I wasn't thinking that. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, I was young, and that had too many years of not thinking about, how does God want me to handle something like this? My thought was, what can I go buy with it? You know, how can I spend it? How can I take what I earned and uh, go use it the way I want to? Well, that's really not what God intended. It took a lot of years, way too many years in my life for me to start paying attention and says, God, what would you want me to do with this? You blessed me with the opportunity, with the provisions, with the resources. What would you want me to do with this, God? And when I finally began to understand and accept what God's plan was for me and how to handle that thing that I so preciously earned, I didn't like what God had to say about it. In fact, I got times I got downright mad about what God had to say about it. I didn't want to do it. So I spent even more time rejecting God's plan. No, 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 God, uh uh-uh. Surely you don't want that from me. It took a lot of time, but he finally got my attention. He said, Greg, you're either going to honor me in this or you're not. And it's a huge difference. Now, some of you already getting nervous this morning because I'm talking about money. You're like, Man, why didn't I sleep in this morning? I mean, when the preacher starts talking about money, you get worried. Because some of you are like, I, I know what it is. You, you have, you earn something, you work hard for it, and you don't want anybody telling you what to do with it. Well, too bad. I love you, but too bad, because that's not what God has to say about it. Now, before going any further, what have we been talking about over the past few weeks? We've really been focusing on a couple of key words. Faith and expectation. We've been talking about living in the faith that God can do anything, but also the expectation that is operating in knowing God will do it. It's not coming in here saying, I believe a miracle in a miracle. It's, I expect a miracle. That's the difference, right? Acting in that faith. I've been trying to get us to this place of knowing that many of you are maybe facing challenges in your own life and that we'll be talking about some things as a church family that will be challenging, and challenges, remember, aren't bad, but we want to meet these things with faith and expectation. We want to know what God has to say, and we want to act in the promises of God even before we've received the promises of God. And that's tough. That's why we spend some time talking about this. We've talked about obstacles to expectation. Some of the things that just get in our way that keep us from having a high level of faith. Last week we talked about examples of expectation. We saw uh, two different cases in the Bible where people came to Jesus with not the attitude of, I hope he can heal me, but with the expectation that he was going to heal. Now we're going to be on this again this morning, but we're turning it up a notch. Make it all that much harder because I want you to experience this for real in your life. And I want you to find one clear example, at least one clear example, that you are called to live by faith and expectation. Now, there's many areas that you could do that in, but there's one area I know that all of us face. It's a clear challenge, and that is with our money. Guess what? We all are called to deal with the finances in our life with faith and expectation. So I'm going to tell you this morning, it's not really about money. That's not the purpose. It's to talk about using an example, using a part of our life to step out and actually do these things with faith and expectation. So this morning, as we continue in this faith and expectation, we're talking this morning about faith and finances. That's the 
title of the message this morning, Faith and Finances. Now, I don't want you getting nervous. I don't want to get you worried. I don't want you checking out. Because I'm going to tell you, the more I look at this, the more it comes around in my life, the more I realize how important, what important role money plays in our spiritual life. Now, let me understand that. You don't need money to be happy. You don't need money for God to be happy with you. You don't have a lack of money for God to be happy with you. Nothing. The reason finances and money play a huge role in our life is because everyone is susceptible to the temptation of falling in love with money. Right? It tells us in those scriptures that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money itself is amoral. It's neither good nor bad, but when we have a love for money and when we we have that so many opportunities to say, I need more, I want more, I want to hold on to what I have. And God actually talks about in Scripture many times our approach to money because he knows that every single one of us falls in that temptation of saying, this is mine, don't tell me what to do with it. It is such a ready temptation, friends. And guess what? We deal with it even more because we live in the richest, most prosperous land that ever was. You think you don't have money? Go do some travels and see how the rest of the world lives. I promise you, you are rich in the eyes of the rest of the world. You have plenty. And God says to us, there's a way you're supposed to deal with this, and it's bigger than dollars and cents, is to deal with your faith. And this is one step. I know some of you don't want to hear it, and some of you may be like, this is too sensitive a topic for me. I don't want to know what's going to be asked of me. But this is one topic where God says you must live not just in faith, but you must put that faith into practice in expectation. And here's how you're supposed to handle it. So this is money is not, I'm not here to preach to you about how to have more money, less money, manage your money better. It's not about that. It's how to take this one thing that I know all of us deal with and apply our faith and expectation to it and actually see what God can do. Because God, he spoke about this so many times. It's something we need to pay attention to. Let's look at a passage this morning. Now, we're going to be in Malachi chapter 3. This is a, these are some verses I've looked at a few times even here before. And, and it's, so if you heard me speak on this or preach on it, well, it's worth talking about again because... This is one of the clearest passages of what God has to say about how we're supposed to handle our finances, our money, with an attitude of faith and expectation. Here's what God said to the prophet Malachi, chapter 3, starting at verse 6. God says this, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. 
if I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and the vines in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Now let me tell you why these verses should mean something very important to you today. Now let's back up and understand what God is saying. First, he's ad- this is first being addressed and written to the nation of Israel because they have once again, God's holy and chosen people, turned away from him in sinful attitudes and actions. They said, we're going to do it our way. We're going to worship the way we want. We're not going to follow God. And God is using this prophet Malachi to say, come back to me. And he's capturing their hearts. And when God says, come back to me, I want you to notice the, one of the first things he addresses when the question is, how do we return to you? He says, well, before you really do that, let's talk about your money. Let's talk about what you give. Let's talk about, the good biblical word is, your increase. Because in that day, not everybody dealt with money the way we do. Sometimes their increase was their crops or their livestock or something. It was money. What you earn, what you produce. He says, God says, you are robbing me, and therefore you are under a curse. To fix this, bring the whole tithe. A tithe means tenth. Bring the 10%, bring it to the storehouse, bring it to the the fellowship, bring it in my name, and watch what happens. I love this passage because you know this, this is the only place in the Bible where God says we're allowed to test him. I mean, we are told in God's word, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And God says, here's one exception. You can test me in this, that if you bring the tenth, if you bring the tithe, the whole tithe, if you do this, watch what I will do. I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. He says, you can test me on it and see what happens. Now, if you don't think that's powerful, then you're not paying attention. Now, it leads us to some questions this morning. First of all, how can God say that they or we are robbing him? Because this passage doesn't just apply to the nation of Israel back then. It's, some, it's, a, it's a word of God that speaks to us even today. How can we say, that God say that we are robbing him? Does God need your money to be God? If you don't write your check, if you don't put in the plate, uh, 10%, does God somehow cease being God? Is he less of God because you didn't give money? No. If that was the case, then God wouldn't be God. God is not dependent on anything. God is not dependent on your money. Let's take that even further. God's plans and purposes are greater than your money. If God says, this is going to happen, it's not your money that's going to make it happen. You understand me? One of the things God has promised is the protection and the blessing and the growth of the church. I mean, the church as a whole, the spreading of the gospel. Now, what things are we called to do inside the church? Are we called to bring a tithe? You bet you we are. But God's promises are true. It says, he he begins, I do not change, says the Lord. 
He will bring it about no matter what. So how can God say, you are robbing me if God does not need your money? I'll tell you what. Here's how you're robbing him. If you don't bring the tithe, if I don't bring the tithe, if the church doesn't bring the tithe, we are robbing him in this way. We are robbing him of our faith. And we are robbing him of the opportunity to pour blessing on us. You see that? That's what, that's what we're doing. We're not robbing you because he needs that extra $10 that you have that you were supposed to give. It's our faith. Because when we take the tenth and we give it, it is do, it's done in faith that we trust God to provide. You say, well, why a tenth? Why didn't God make it a, a fifth or a fiftieth or seventy-fifth? I don't know why... I can't say the word specifically. There we go. Specifically, why God said a tenth. I just kind of think that was just enough to make it scary, right? Because you're like, well, I can give 1%. I can put a little bit over here. God says 10%. You say, whoa, 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 God, did you just say 10%? It's scary. He means it to be. It is to test your faith and your trust in him. God is not going to challenge you and just make it a little baby step. When God said, bring the tenth, he meant it. Folks, I'm going to tell you how often this, this is applied. You know what? As a church, we're called to give a tenth. Do you know that every single year here in our church, we give at least, we almost always do better than that, but we always give at least 10% back out uh, to missions and uh, uh, the Lord's work in a variety of ways. We, we, we go over 10% oftentimes. And I tell you this, as long as I stand here as pastor, we will never ever dip under that 10% because that's the tithe of the tithe. Because that would just saying, God, bring on the curses, take away the blessing because we don't trust you enough. But friends, I'm going to tell you, here's the sad fact. I'm not going to speak for every church that's out there, but I know enough pastors and work with enough churches I know what's going on. Guess what? We are not the rule. We are the exception. You know that the strong majority of churches don't come anywhere close to giving 10% back out? And it's tempting. You know, we could use that. Oh, it'd be easier if we just didn't. That's 10%. That's a lot. No. God said, here's what you have. In faith and in trust, take 10. Give it back. Watch what will happen. Friends, I know this is a challenge. And I wish I could say that all of my adult life, all those years that I've worked and had increase come in, that I've said, first and foremost, God, I want to give back to you because I trust you, and I haven't. I'm not standing up here as the, as the shining example, the perfect one who says, I've always done it right. But guess what? I can, I can compare and contrast so easily for you, but from the time in my life where I figured that out, from the time that I had. And it's unbelievable. And I've been in that place that some of you in going, I don't know, God. I mean, that tenth, that number, that is scary because I'm looking at what I got to pay and what I got to do. And God's just sitting there going, do you trust me? And you're going, God, I trust you, but could you make that about a seventh instead of a tenth? Because that'd be easier on my budget. He says, do you trust me? And it is scary. 
It is scary to say, you know what? First and foremost, I'm going to give of the Lord. I'm not going to hold back and try to see if I can hang on to it long enough, then I'll give it to God. But when that increase comes in, whatever way to say 10%, here you go, God, because I trust you, and I'm going to do it. That is taking faith and applying expectation to it. Faith just says, I believe God could provide for me if I gave 10%. Faith and expectation is saying, I believe God will provide for me, so I'm going to give it and watch him take care of the rest. You know what? I've never met a person go broke because they're tithing to the Lord. Never met them. You know who I have met? I've met people who give of the tithe, who walk around not at all worried about their finances. Did I say they're all rich? Are they rolling in millions of dollars? No. But I see people say, I'm going to give it. It's fine. God's going to provide because he's done it. And I've heard testimony after testimony I've seen in my life, I've seen in others, when you say the math doesn't add up, it doesn't make sense how I could give of, by an attitude of faith a 10% and watch God take care of the rest, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then suddenly you go, well, how did I? I, I paid all my bills. I, I, I was able to go do this over here. I still had enough. How was that? I don't know how it happens. It's a mystery of God, but he provides. Every time. If you've been around here long enough, you know that. I've challenged us as a church a couple times to go through a season, go through about a month and say, prove the tithe. Last year, we did that right at Christmas time. We actually used December. And, and people called me crazy for doing it because we said, let's take December, one of the hardest months of the entire year. Everybody's trying to figure out how to buy the latest little gift for little Johnny. And they're going, I don't know if I can make it. And I said, do it for December. You know what? I never had one person come to me and said, uh, I couldn't have Christmas this year. Or, I, you know, God didn't provide. No. I watched a whole lot of people give sacrificially and give in faith, and God took care of it. We actually prove, we prove multiple times over when the church as a whole gives in this way and tithes, we meet every financial concern and then some. Because guess what, friends? I want you to hear this. God is not just talking to the individual. When God put this, he actually put it to the nation of Israel. He's taken all the way from the nation all the way down to the individual person. He's talking to you, but he's talking to you about your family. He's talking to us as a church. He is talking to us as a nation. Do you trust me? And friends, I, I can't get away from how God says there's a blessing and a curse. It says if you don't trust me, it's like you're, it, uh, there's a curse falling on you by your own willful action. How many times have I seen the person who, I mean, they're, you know, they're working a job, the wife's working a job, they're doing everything they can, and still they can't get ahead. I have met some extremely rich poor people. I'm telling you, I have, I've met them through the years. They've got all kinds of stuff coming in, they've got twice as much going out. And I would say to them, the first thing I said, do you tithe? And they say, well, how can we tithe? Look at this. And I said, you're going to stay that way? And they do. They're going to stay in that pattern until they go, all right, God, this is not mine. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give. I, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. I'd rather have a blessed 90% than a cursed 100%. Because it ain't going to work out when you try to withhold. 
you bring the whole tithe. That's a tough word. I know. I know it's scary. But it is placing faith and then acting in expectation. My intent this morning is to, again, stay very simple and even be done here in just a moment. Because this challenge I know is hard. Trust me, I know when you're on the other side of it, it's scary. You need to say, I'll think about it. I'll. Friends, this is, this is part of our aiming point of why we've talked about faith and expectation. We're taking it from the abstract and we're putting it in reality right before you. What has God given you? Guess what? It came from Him in the first place. Whatever you have, whatever you received, is not of your own anyway. He's awesome enough to let you enjoy the blessing of the increase and the work of your hands. But He says, watch this. Trust me. The world will call it foolish. Everybody else will say this doesn't make any sense. Trust me. Bring the tenth. Watch what I do with the rest. Don't just believe I can, have expectation and operate in that and see what I do. And there's, there's probably two groups of people here this morning. There's some of you, who I, I hear from you, we talk, we know about this, that you're sitting there going, amen and amen, because God did that in my family. And so there's some of you who are probably thinking, Greg, I wish you had to pick something else to talk about this morning. Because I want all of you on the other side. I want all of you to come back with a testimony of, Wow! What amazing things God did. Because I had trust, faith, expectation to give. But let me, let me hit this last thing. Can we put up that second screen of our verses there, Terry, for us this morning? I want to show you what God says. He says, look, bring the full tithe. The whole tithe, I mean, don't, don't hold back. Don't say a you know, portion of it. Bring the whole tithe. He says, test me in this, and I will open heaven up and pour down. Look at this. I will pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God promises, he says, trust me first in this specific way and watch how I take care of those needs in your life. And look at this, verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer. You say, every time I try to save up five bucks, something else takes and it's gone. Watch the protection that is put on you, your family, your life, your possessions, your finances when you say, I trust and I expect. Here you go, God. I'm not saying you won't ever face challenges and there won't be difficult, but God says, I will rebuke that curse, that devour that has been eaten away at you. Does that sound good? How about that part where God says, I will pour out a blessing until there's no more need. And it says, look, verse 12, he's talking about the nations, but he applied to us as well. Then all the nations will call you blessed. It means that other people are going to look at your life, other places are going to look at the church, other places will look at a nation that does this and say, wow, how'd you do that? And you say, God did it. Because what sense does it make to give up more of what you earn so that you'll have more later on? That doesn't make sense, does it? There's not, a, there's not a worldly financial advisor out there who tells you that makes sense. They'll say you, save up, invest. And I say, give it away. 
Give it up. Bring the tent. See what God will do. Hmm. So you to enjoy the blessing for the provision, for the protection, to enjoy all that. You got to do the first part. You got to say, all right, God, this doesn't make sense. You can tell him, God, I, I don't really like this. I'm struggling in this, but, you know, God, I, okay. I like how it said one uh, time by a pastor, says, God loveth the, choi- uh, the cheerful giver, but he'll also accept it from a grouch. You know, he'll take it from me. I mean, he's, he'll be ready to receive, but I want you to come say, okay, he'll teach you how to be joyful in it. You know what? The joyfulness kind of comes later when you realize, man, I can't wait to give because watch what God is going to do. You get there. But you come with faith and expectation. That's what this is about. God doesn't need your money to be God. The church doesn't need your money to be the church. This is not a self-serving message for me so I can make sure you give so I can have a good financial report. No, this is a perfect clear example of what God says do you trust me here's what I'm asking you to do this is about you and God faith and expectation it's a whole lot easier to say God I have faith but I'm just not at the place of walking in it yet I believe you could bless me in this way but you know what the math doesn't just add up right now I'll wait I'll work harder God I'll save up better I'll be more responsible. God, and I'll get there, I promise. Does that seem in line with what God is asking? What does he say? Show faith first. Watch how I provide. Yeah, I know. I know for some of you who are on that side of going, this is scary. I know. You're saying, I wish you would be talking about something else. Wish you wouldn't do this. And every time I have to talk about this, and every time I bring it up, I know there are some who still walk away. But praise the Lord. I love it when I see somebody come back a week later, a month later, a year later, and say, you know what? I took up that challenge. And wow, how God has worked. I want to hear the same testimony from every one of you and your family. God will pour out such blessings for you individually, for your family, for the church family, with just trust. So don't get mad at me coming here talking about money. No, take the challenge of God and operate in this way in faith and expectation. This is my last thing to say for you this morning. I know, again, some of you are operating and facing other challenges, not just financial, and I want you to apply this faith and expectation on those areas too. Some of you are dealing with a challenge in relationship, a challenge at a job, challenge in any number of other ways. Maybe it's one of those doubts you're being, you're being hit with that we've talked about. You're to meet it with faith and expectation. Maybe you've been struggling, though, how to actually operate in those things. That's why we're talking about this morning, because here's one that all of us are called to walk in, that it's challenging for all of us. If you wanted to meet those other things in your life, those other difficult areas with an attitude of faith and expectation, if you're working on trying to get there, well, take this one. Start here. Start here and say, here's a real tangible thing. I'm being called to have faith, but it's not really faith until I treat it with expectation. Watch how God takes you into other ways. Because the challenges won't stop, friends. 
But when you learn to operate in faith and expectation, those challenges seem trivial compared to the awesomeness and the goodness 